millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. Before we get to the show, I have some late breaking news here. And I apologize about the audio quality. I am recording from my AirPods. Tesla has confirmed that 285,000 owners have purchased full self-driving. So if we add up all the cars that are equipped with hardware 2, and we'll throw out 2016's numbers because hardware 2 didn't come out until late 2016. So we're looking at cars sold from 2017 and beyond that were equipped with hardware 2 or hardware 3. We get just over 3 million cars sold. We are using 3 million as a round number because we know that in 2016 they sold some of the cars with hardware 2 and in you know 2022 in the Q4 of 22 they've sold vehicles but we don't know how many that is so we're just going to use 3 million as a round number if they have sold 285,000 full self-driving packages that means Tesla full self-driving has a take rate of around 9.5% and I want to know from you does that sound high does that sound low does it sound right send me an email to Bodie B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com all right now let's get to the show Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and we have a lot to get to. Actually, we don't have that much to get to. I don't have any announcements, so let's get to the news because I'm being awkward and weird. So moving on. The first shipments of the VinFast EVs, more specifically the VF8s, are arriving in the United States, which is pretty impressive when you consider the timeline for VinFast. They announced their new EVs last year at CES, and at the same time, they announced that they would be entering the U.S. market, and now they are actually delivering the first 999 VF8 SUVs, which is the larger SUVs. 999, apparently, in Vietnam is uh, good luck, so... As of the time of the article, they had not been approved to officially start selling these vehicles in the United States, but that's just a formality because, you know, they wouldn't bring, they wouldn't, it wouldn't work so hard to be in the U.S. market if they couldn't get approval to actually sell their vehicles. Dodge has applied for the trademark Ram 1500 Rev. This is ahead of Dodge's announcement 
of the Ram 1500 EV, which will take place on January 5th at CES. I will be in attendance at CES, but I won't actually be able to arrive because of some of the things that I had going on. And I kind of planned it a little bit late until January 6th, but I'm going to take lots of pictures of this truck and I will uh, post them on Twitter and Instagram. And I'll give you all that information before I leave. The VW ID4 has suffered a price increase. It'll cost an additional $1,500 US per vehicle built after January 4th. And as a fun little added note here, VW will announce a new EV at CES. And of course, I will seek that vehicle out as well and, and send lots of pictures and, and video and that kind of stuff. Continuing on with the themes of EVs that haven't been released yet, uh, the 2024 Chevy Silverado has been spotted. It was out testing or doing something fancy like that. Uh, there are pictures of this vehicle in Autoblog, and I there are some angles, like when you look at it directly head-on from the front, I do not like the look of this truck. And then there are other angles, kind of at the side or at an angle, that I'm like, oh, that doesn't look too bad. So I'm not sure what to think. I do have a reservation down on this vehicle, but yeah, I'm not... I don't love the look at it when you're just walking up to it and you're it's staring at you dead in the eyes or in the headlights, as it were. But there are other parts of the truck that I think look really cool. I don't know. Uh, I think the GMC Sierra EV is probably more of the truck for me if the Cybertruck doesn't end up working out, but who knows. The Chevy Bolt EV is in the news again for yet another potential for fires. This time, the fire doesn't have anything to do with the battery. This is kind of an odd issue. The seatbelt pretensioner, uh, which is uh, what kind of sucks you into the seat before you're about to get into an accident, that pretensioner can ignite the carpet around uh, around the tensioner. I guess there's some exhaust that goes out, and that could ignite the carpet um, and potentially cause a fire. I don't know that this is all that big of a deal. There were three incidents in the field. I don't. They probably had were small fires that somebody could easily put out. But if you're unconscious and the car starts on fire, maybe it's a bigger deal. I mean, it is a bigger deal, not maybe, but I don't know. I, I think this is kind of one of those edge cases, but it's getting a lot of headlines, so I thought I'd tell you about it. Lucid Motors has opened up its first store in Europe. It is located in Hilversum, which, of course, is in the Netherlands. So if you live in that area and you're going to visit uh, that store, let me know. Send me an email. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. Continuing on with our GM news, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration here in the United States, I know I said administration weird, is investigating GM's cruise EVs for allegedly causing accidents. Now, if you don't know what GM's uh, cruise program is, it's basically their autonomous driving. It's their version of Waymo. So these cars are driving around San Francisco and re most recently here in my area, and they have just been stopped um, in the middle of intersections or blocking roadways. And as a result of this, they have caused like secondary accidents. And the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration has received a few complaints about these secondary accidents, and they are looking into it. 
I don't know if the vehicles have caused any of these accidents. This is all alleged and they're going to investigate and we'll get back to you. Just kind of as a side note too, I've actually signed up to be a beta writer in the GM cruise program. I have not been accepted yet, uh, but I'll, I'll update you if I have, because I, I don't know, that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, blocking traffic and causing accidents doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but seeing how GM cruise, which is the worst name, the cruise vehicles uh, compares to Waymo is really interesting to me. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about that. And before we get to the Tesla news, we have one uh, quick little uh, news hit here. The U.S. government is delaying implementation of the EV tax credit battery requirements in the Inflation Reduction Act. If you remember back to, to almost all of the earnings calls that we covered this year or last quarter, I should say, uh Journalists or not journalists, uh, what are they? Analysts were asking about whether or not the vehicles, um, it doesn't matter if it was Tesla, GM or whatever, were going to fulfill the requirements of the Inflation Reduction Act. There's a lot of, there's a lot of requirements for the Inflation Reduction Act. One of those requirements was a certain amount of the battery needed to be sourced and built here in the United States or with partnering countries. The government has now delayed that implementation for the tax, the battery side of that tax credit. What exactly this means uh, going forward for the Inflation Reduction Act, and what happens between you know January first and whenever they decide to sort out this these details, I don't know what I don't know what that's going to look like, but I will keep you posted. All right, everybody, if you're listening to this show, you've probably heard ads at the beginning, um, sometimes at the middle if the show is longer than 30 minutes long, and at the end. If you don't like those ads, consider going to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. All of the money that you contribute on Patreon goes directly to the show. None of the money actually goes into my own pocket. I have a job. That job is used to pay bills, and um, I just use the Patreon money purely for making this show better. So if you're interested in supporting the show, I only ask for a dollar. So it's real cheap Patreon uh, give. Patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. You get an ad-free experience. I don't know if I mentioned that. All right, moving on to Tesla news now. <laughs> Tesla recently delivered the first 36 Tesla semis to Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi's VP... Mike O'Connell was being interviewed by Reuters, and he mentioned that the Tesla semis that they have can haul Frito-Lay foods, which is basically chips, about 425 miles or 625 kilometers. For the heavier loads, which would be the soda and the drinks, uh, the trucks would do shorter trips of about 100 miles or 160 kilometers. Tesla said in their little debut of the Tesla semi uh, or the, the handover party, the delivery party to Tesla, they said that this vehicle could tr easily travel 500 miles with a load of 82,000 pounds. Whether it's 82,000 pounds of chips, 82,000 pounds of soda, 82,000 pounds of concrete, all things being equal, they should have the same range, which leaves people to wonder what's going on with uh, the Tesla semi. Uh, you know, hauling around heavy sodas or drinks and can only go a hundred miles. Is that an issue? Is there an issue with the Tesla semi? Was it a mistake by O'Connell 
Or is Pepsi just limiting these trips for testing purposes and they'll expand the routes over time? My general thought is, is Tesla, uh, Pepsi and Tesla are just testing these short little routes and over time they're going to expand. I honestly think if Tesla lied at their delivery event and said that this truck could travel 500 miles with 82,000 pounds of cargo, if they said that it could do that at the delivery event and it ended up not being able to do that, I think that would be, uh, I think it would be lights out for Tesla. I think it would be over for them, especially their commercial line. Like no other company is going to take a chance on what is almost certainly going to be a very expensive product and a company that would lie about its capabilities. So even at the event, at the delivery event, I just never got the feeling that Tesla has completely like worked out all the bugs for the Tesla semi, like their handover event was just to Pepsi. There's no other company. There are other companies who have made reservations for the Tesla semi, but it was just for Pepsi. There's a close working relationship there. And I genuinely think that the Tesla semi is probably not done. I I think they're probably still doing a lot of testing. By the way, Pepsi will take delivery of another 100 Tesla semis by the end of 2023. Still no word on what they're paying for each of these trucks, but yeah, they're going to have 136 Tesla semis by the end of 2023 total. Sandy Monroe of Monroe Live has announced a crowdfunding campaign to buy a Tesla semi so they can do a full teardown of the truck. They're trying to raise... Somewhere close to two hundred ish thousand dollars, which honestly it's not enough, Sandy. You probably need about three, maybe three fifty. But they're trying to raise that much money, and they're doing that by selling stickers. So you can buy a sticker for fifteen dollars, and for an additional thirty five dollars, Sandy will autograph it for you. So a total of fifty dollars. Not too bad. I mean, I think having a Sandy Monroe autograph would be pretty cool. And I'm thinking about maybe buying one of these and giving it away. Tell me what you think. Do you think that'd be neat? Or is that something you guys want? I'm not sure. You know what is something you want? And that is to save money. If you take delivery of a Model 3 or a Model Y before the end of the year, which doesn't give you very much time from the time that you're hearing this podcast, Tesla will not only give you 10,000 supercharger miles, which is about a $500 value, They will also give you a $7,500 credit towards the vehicle. Now, the last time that we talked, Tesla was going to give you the 10,000 supercharger miles, $500 value, and uh, $3,750 off the price of the car. Now they have doubled that to $7,500. So not too bad. Last week when this story came out, there was actually a ton of cars in my area uh, if you went to tesla.com and you clicked on buy now, those have all dried up. I can't find any of them. So even if uh, I had an inclination to buy one, I, I couldn't because they're all gone, but there may be some in your area. So it's worth checking if you're in the market for a new model three or model Y. Now, if you're not one of those folks that buys new cars, that's totally okay. Or you can't afford a new car. I can't afford a new Tesla. There's no shame in that. Used Tesla prices are finally dropping. The average price of a used Tesla in July of 2022 was $67,297, which is stupid. That's a lot of money for a used Tesla. But the good news is in November of 2022, that 
the average price is now 55,754. So not too bad. That's a 17% decrease if you're keeping track. Now, if I am talking to you and you want to sell your car, not great news. But if you're looking to buy a used car, really good news. Tesla has confirmed that they have consistently produced enough 4680 battery cells to support 1,000 cars per week. That's over 800,000 cells a week. To be more specific, that's 868,000 cells per week, which is pretty amazing. And congratulations to the Tesla team on achieving that. And you know what they're going to do with a lot of those cells is they're going to build a Cybertruck. And the robots that are needed to build the Cybertruck have arrived at Giga Texas. So we got a Giga Press. We've got the robots. We've got a decent amount of 4680 battery cells. Now we need the final specs for the Cybertruck, which we've been told for some time. Now the pencils are down. There's no reason you can't give us the final specs, Elon. And we need the actual price. And, you know, it would be great if you honored you know, the full self-driving price that uh, when I made my reservation, it was $7,500. If you honored that, that would be great. I don't have high hopes, but, you know, we're working, the, we're working the right direction. All right. Now we are at our final story. And kind of as as I'm getting ready to to read this next story to you, I realized that maybe I shouldn't have left it for last. I don't want to end on a bummer, but this is a little bit of a bummer. So I apologize for that. But I'm not going to re-record the whole podcast over. You have no idea how hard this is to do for me. So here's where we're at. Tesla has implemented a hiring freeze and has confirmed another round of layoffs are coming in the next quarter, which is you know, Q1 of 2023. According to Elon, he just has a bad feeling about the economy. I don't think that feeling's probably too far off. Now, I told you that story so I could tell you this one. Tesla has allegedly fired employees for disagreeing with Elon and being critical of him. We've heard similar reports coming out of SpaceX, which I will talk about momentarily, um, and Twitter. As the article goes, two former Tesla employees, because they're former because they were fired, filed a report with the National Labor Relations Board claiming that they were fired because they wrote a letter critical of Elon. I'm assuming they sent this letter to like the board or somebody at Tesla that's higher up. In the letter, they criticized Elon and Tesla's return to work policies. Um, If you remember right, Elon made a big deal about employees working from home and he said this isn't tenable. Um, he said that you need to return to the office that you're assigned to, not the closest office to where you're currently living, but the office that you're assigned to and work 40 hours a week. If there are additional hours that you need to work after those 40, you could probably work something out with your supervisor and work those at home, which like, that's really gracious of you after 40 hours, they'll, they'll let you work from home. But it turns out that Tesla wasn't exactly ready for all these employees to come back to work. And it ended up that Tesla had to soften the timeline on returning to work and the rules for employees who had to come back and and, uh, work from the office instead of working from home. There were also letters written about Elon's tweets, which alleged that Elon's recent tweets may violate Tesla's anti-harassment policy. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. If I tweeted the exact same things that Elon tweeted, like just 
<laughs> just copy them word for word. Every time he tweeted, I, I would tweet the same version just on my account. And the city that I work for ever got a hold of that, I would definitely be suspended for a while. Um, and I'm, and I, and I might be fired over them. So I understand their, their concerns. Um, a lot of CEOs or higher ups in a company have rules, you know, for the, for the, the great unwashed, and then they have rules for themselves and they don't follow those rules. And that's really irritating to me. And I'm sure it's really irritating to a lot of people who are forced to follow these rules, especially if you run afoul of one of these rules and the CEO of the company is doing that exact same thing, but you get in trouble and seemingly nothing happens to them because they happen to be the CEO and largest single shareholder. Um, yeah, that, that can be irritating. I'm, I'm, I have a lot more to say on it, but it could be irritating, I'm sure, it, from an employee perspective. There were also some SpaceX employees who had a similar letter uh, drafted, and it was they basically called Elon a frequent source of distraction and embarrassment. They were also fired. Now, I'm old enough to realize that just because something looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it doesn't always mean it's a duck. It just means that's one person's or one group of people's perspective. There's always more to it. And I guess the duck probably, the duck example is probably a bad example. So I don't want to make any judgment calls here. I just want to make you aware of what's going on, uh, what's being alleged. And as the National Labor uh, Relations Board, as they investigate this and we hear back from them, I will uh, fill you in. And I'm sure the same thing will happen with SpaceX. And there's some other similar lawsuits uh, with Twitter and the way that uh, Elon handled Late mass layoffs there. There's the rules in California that you have to follow, and it doesn't seem like those rules from the outside were followed. So, yeah. Like I said, this was a bummer. I shouldn't have ended on this one because I have no good way to cheerily say goodbye. Uh, we are coming up on the end of the year. I hope everyone has a happy and safe New Year's Eve. I want to take a moment to thank you again for supporting the show. It really does mean a lot to me, whether you support it by recommending it to friends, you are a member of the Patreon, or you you just listen to the show. That's awesome. Or you you provide feedback to me. I think that's awesome as well. If you want to provide feedback, you can email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. And if you want to be part of the Kilowatt Slack, just send me an email and ask, you know, can I be a part of the Kilowatt Slack? And I'll, I'll let you in. I don't publish the link because I don't want a bunch of uh, ne'er-do-wells in there or bots or whatever. I want to keep it a nice, happy, friendly place. So just send me an email and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. And for the end of 2022, I don't know how to end this, so I'm just going to say When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.